Welcome to Transformation for Success with Dr. Barbara Young. If you're looking for something more, something different, something better, this is your opportunity. Over the next hour, we'll talk about inspiration for personal and professional success. Now, here is your host, Dr. Barbara Young. Well, hello there, and welcome to all my United States listeners and my international listeners. Welcome to the Transformation for Success show, and I hope you're having a great day. This is Transformation Tuesday. So I want you to join me with my guest today, Miss Deanna Lewis, known as Dee Dee, an amazing entrepreneur, speaker, and franchise owner of not one, but four successful Wingstop restaurants. Dee is going to share her transformation story today of how faith, perseverance, and determination after failure after failure bounced back to become the successful, thriving entrepreneur and mentor she has become to many individuals today. You know, I want to say to you listeners out there, how many of you today are struggling with this issue? How many of you have felt like a failure and things just don't seem to fall in place for you? I've heard over the years that how much you learn when you fail determines how far you go in creating success. You know, I've known this from a personal experience. Failure is a part of life and most certainly part of business. We don't often acknowledge it, but failure is also a fundamental element of our success. And most of the time, our instinct is to be ashamed of failure and maybe because we don't know or we don't like how it makes us feel humiliated, and as though we have done something wrong. But if you can shift your perspective and look at failure, not as something to be ashamed of, but something valuable, you can begin to understand that it's through failure that we truly, truly learn to succeed. So I know that many of you today need a breakthrough and you need it now. So I'm pleased to welcome my guest, Miss Didi Watkins-Lewis, who, again, is going to share her story of bouncing back after numerous failures to success. So, welcome, Dee Dee. Thank you so much. What a um, motivational and inspiring welcome. Um, I feel way more important than I thought I was, so that's great. Well, you are very important, and this is your day, <laughs> and your day to share your journey and breakthrough, because I know you're one who believes failure is a part of success. So for those of you out there who are just tuning in, maybe for the first time, you can call in the show and ask questions of Dee Dee or me at 1-888-346-9141. We love it if you call us and international callers, if you can email me at info at transformationforsuccess.com, we can actually answer your questions live. So don't forget, you can email or you can call. This show is syndicated, and it's on both the Empowerment and Women's channels on Tuesdays at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, and it replays at 1 p.m. PS Pacific Standard Time on Fridays. So, and yes, you can download this show on iTunes and on voiceamerica.com. So I want you to email, text your friends to tune in, and if they can't, tell them they can always download this show for later listening. So again, Dee Dee, I am so, I'm so excited to have you on the show, and I know our listeners are in for a special treat. So tell me a bit of how this all started with you. And I know you had your earlier beginnings in a 
town called Bakersfield, California. <laughs> so tell us, so tell us, because I do know Bakersfield. <laughs> ba- Bakersfield well. is that, that big, small town, right? It's, it's full of land, it's wide open, but it's still a small town in the state of California. Um, you know, uh-huh. I was born and raised there in Bakersfield. Um, all my family is there, uh, many of them that are still there, um, even now. Um, little country girl, didn't appreciate my country upbringing until I became an adult and moved to the big city of Los Angeles. And then I got older and got married and had some babies and said, you know, maybe country living ain't so bad after all. Um, mm-hmm. but it has been, um, it was, it was wonderful for me because that's all I knew. Um, where everyone knew you, everybody knew everybody, and at some point you found out that you were related to another person one way or the other. So right. um, that was that was my childhood. It, it was fun. Um, that's all I knew, and I loved it. Um, when I got older, I go to high school, and I said, I'm getting out of here. And the best way to get out of here is through college. I got to leave this small town. I need the big city life. Um, and then I moved to, to Los Angeles um, to pursue my education um, at Cal State um, University of Dominguez Hills. Um, didn't quite finish it in the four years. <laughs> Took a little <laughs> different direction. Um, but I eventually did um, finish the degree. Um, but, yeah, Bakersfield was, was, was home to me, and it still is home, which is why um, the businesses are in Bakersfield. Okay, that that explains then why your your businesses are in Bakersfield. And interesting, this is just a side note, Dee Dee, but I was an adjunct professor at Cal State Dominguez Hills for fourteen years in business and public administration. Wow, <laughs> I'm sure wow. I I might have missed you because if you had been in my classes, I would have remembered this this powerful woman who <laughs> was bound for success. You know, we say it's six degrees of separation with people, but even in business, it's six degrees because I was there in 86, a student at Cal State Dominguez Hills, and you were a professor, so there we are. We're all connected some kind of way. I started started teaching in 1991, part-time as an adjunct professor, and so, yes, I am so delighted. That's a great university, and uh, thank you for even sharing that publicly because our California State Universities are very, very good universities and produce some very outstanding students. And more importantly, yeah. Didi, uh, I am intrigued as to how you became so positive about failure. Because tell us a little bit, you know, of, of what you started out. You got married and uh, you started on a journey, both, I guess, you and your husband in business. So tell us a little bit about that. Mm-hmm. So, um, again, I, I, I moved to L.A. in 86 along with um, some of my girlfriends who I'm still very close to even now. Um, uh-huh. And came here, um, went to this amazing church where I'm still a member of Peace Apostolic Church. I've been there for over 28 years. Um, uh-huh. That's where I met my husband. Um, I was doing social work at the time for Los Angeles County Department of Social Services. So that's mm-hmm. where I was in. I was in that world. I was doing it. I was doing well um, mm-hmm. and, and satisfied in that position. Um, my husband and I, we, we got married, and um, and from there, he's always been an entrepreneur. He's always been his own business from insurance mm-hmm. and investments, which he still does even to this day. 
Um, mm-hmm. But it, then we also did real estate. So his real estate business really took off. It was a boom. Um, it went great for him. We started mm-hmm. getting lots of money coming in, and we said, you know what? Instead of taking this money and just buying all this material stuff and having mm-hmm. houses and boats and all that stuff, let's look to our future. Let's see what we can invest in that will continue mm-hmm. on for us after retirement. Um, we went on a on a mad search. We we researched restaurants and opportunities for about a year to two years, about a year and a uh-huh. half before saying Wingstop is it. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, I started off in college. I, I did well, but then I got sidetracked. I got you know a little loose in LA and said, let me explore. School is gonna be there. Let me get out here and see what this world has for me. And school became secondary. But then now I'm a social worker, and I'm watching so many people move up around me. Um, and they were my motivation to say, you know what? I'm not going to sit here on this desk while I watch everybody else transfer and, and promote. If a degree is what I need to get, let me go back and get it. So I did go uh-huh. back and, and got my bachelor's degree um, and then eventually went on to get my master's degree in um and educational counseling, because my dream was to always be a high school counselor. Um, uh-huh. A high school counselor at the time was so influential in who I became and the woman that I was, and I was just so impressed how she took all of us girls, you know, we would sit in her office every day. She would have to put us out of her office because we were in there so much. Um, but she was uh-huh. constantly promoting education, and she was so positive and so influential. I was like, that's what I want to do. I want to work in the schools. I want to be a high school counselor. You know, mm-hmm. I know that Wingstop was going to do what it's done and cause me to retire from social work as well. Mm-hmm. As, and I never quite went into the education because Wingstop kind of took us on a different journey. Wow. Wow. Now, uh, you guys, um, you, when your husband's job, you know, he was very good in real estate and you invested, well, I understand, some of your money into a business. But Deanna, how in the world did you guys really come up with this whole whole notion of Wingstop? You you know, it's literally from a conversation saying, we have this money. What are we going to do with it? And I'm like, we need Mm -hmm. to get a business. And he's always been an entrepreneur. You know, again, I was coming from the social work world, and we researched everything. I mean, we tried everything. We looked at Burger King. We looked at McDonald's. We looked at... Subway, we looked at Jamba Juice. We were close to Subway, but then I went in there and I said, you know, I have too many choices. I need something that, that's simplistic because my husband or I, neither one of us are chefs. That's number one. <laughs> so we knew we were not able to open up our own, you know, Clint and D's mm-hmm. wings or Clint and D's sandwiches because we weren't chefs. Um, mm-hmm. To be perfectly honest, you know, my friends tease me now that I'm not one that likes to cook a lot of times, to say the mm-hmm. least. So I wanted something that was kind of ready-made, so to say, that they could just kind of uh-huh. teach us how to do it, and then we'll get mm-hmm. in here and do it and perfect it. Um, so we looked at all those places, became customers of Wingstop first, because I felt that in any business you do, you need to love what you're selling or don't do it. Okay. If you don't That's love philosophy, if you don't love selling clothes, if you don't like to shop, why are you selling clothes? You know, if I don't like chicken wings, why would I sell chicken wings? So chicken wings happen to be the thing that I do love mm-hmm. <laughs> and can eat probably every day. Um, I don't, but I could. 
And mm-hmm. so we, we became customers of Wingstop, and we watched it, and we looked and saw what the trends are. Is it busy? Uh-huh. Is it a place that a lot of people eat? We contacted them. We didn't wait for them to say. We submitted our application, and while it was waiting to be processed, we booked a flight to Texas and said, if this is something that we're going to invest our money and our time into, we're not going to wait for them to do the research. We're going to go out there and find out how they're doing it. We booked the flight and spent a couple days in Texas to research them, if you know what I mean. You know what I'm saying? While you guys are researching us, we're going to research you and see if it's really as good as it seems to be on paper. So we went out, um, met with them on the corporate level at our own expense. You know, you got to be willing to invest in yourself if you want others to invest in you. So we took that. That is so true. That is so true. You know, and we took the time to fly to Texas, spent a couple days there. Once we saw (laughs) the whole process and what happens and what needs to take place, we're like, this is it. And we prayed about it. We made no moves. You know, irrationally, we mm-hmm. don't jump into something. You know, we said, what's the best fit for us? Then now, we, I want to know, uh, Deanna, you guys were living at the time in another area, and you uh, decided to go back to your hometown and uh, open up the franchise, the wing stop um, in Bakersfield. Now, yeah, what I understand um, is that a lot of people, when you started your restaurant, they thought it was a shoe store. <laughs> they thought we were red wing shoe repair. <laughs> because, again, the name Wingstop and the brand itself was only, I think, maybe seven stores. My husband tends to correct me with that number. I think they were seven or 12 stores in California. Well, I'll tell you what. Deanna, would you hold that thought right there? Because you know what? We have got to take a quick little commercial break. We'll be right back, and we'll go with part two of what happened with this Wingstop franchise in Bakersfield, California. So we'll be right back, listeners, and thank you very much. We'll be right back. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Can you think of anybody who does not want a better life and to be a better person? Think about that for a second. Almost everyone wants to be better, but how does one go about doing that? One thing that is making people better every week is tuning into the Self-Improvement Show with Dr. Irene Conlon. All real change comes from within. But many of us don't know where to find the information or guidance we need to make the changes that bring about the improvement. Most of us don't know how to work within. Listen Thursdays at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Have you left the cage that held you back but find yourself in the wild of your life wondering, what do I do now? I'm Dr. Lisa Cooney, and today I'm going to give you the tools to answer that question. Regardless of the issue, your choices of the past no longer need to haunt you. You have the power to change that and to create from a space of fun and ease. How different can your life be? Find out. Listen every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, noon Central, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. 
Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Are you looking for life's answers? How about the meaning of true self? Can you really be a better person overnight? Well, good luck with that. Now, if you want to know more about this insane world and life we lead, tune in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. You'll learn about how the brain operates under different psychological conditions, some common sense. Heck, you might just actually learn something. Listen Fridays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? This is Transformation for Success. To reach Dr. Barbara Young or today's guest, please call into the program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to info at transformationforsuccess.com. Now, back to this week's program. Hi there, and welcome back to the Transformation for Success show with my guest today, Ms. Deanna Lewis, who is DD, as she is known, who is an entrepreneur speaker, motivator, and mentor. So I'm absolutely happy to have her on the show today, and we're talking about moving from failures to success and how this woman and her husband absolutely bounced back after a couple of failures. You know, no one likes failure, but this is a day where you will absolutely be encouraged, I know, from my guests. So, Dee Dee, I'm intrigued. We talked about this before we went on break where you, you researched, you did your research, you ate the wings for wing stops, you looked at various um, franchises before you guys decided to invest your funds, and then you decided you're not cooks, you said, so you started, uh, you were fascinated with wing stop. So you went back to your hometown of Bakersfield and started your wing stop, which I understand a lot of people thought it was a, a shoe place <laughs> or yes. a, a, some other wing. store other than a wing stop. So anyway, tell us how um, things went along and then what happened that uh, when the economy sort of took a dip, and how did that impact you and your family? Oh, yeah. When, well, when we opened in, in 06, it, it opened slowly because Bakersfield is a town that it takes a little while for a business to really kick off. Now, if you're a major chain um, it's a little different, you know, McDonald's, mm-hmm. everyone knows who they are. We thought mm-hmm. they didn't know. Like you mentioned, they thought we were a shoe repair place. Literally, somebody said they passed by the restaurant 
because they thought we just repair shoes um, because the <laughs> brand was unknown to Bakersfield. Mm-hmm. It caused us to, to start off slow um, in the open. Mm-hmm. So that, you know, that was a little discouraging, but then it started to grow. People started to become familiar. We spent a lot of money in, in, in marketing and, and trying to get the word out and letting people know that we're there. We don't repair shoes. We actually have food that you can eat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it took mm-hmm. time. But like you mentioned, the economy, we got hit hard because mm-hmm. actually when things, you know, are slowing down, um, people are just not so ready to go out and eat. You start cooking at home because you're like, we can't afford to go out and eat like we were doing before. Um, mm-hmm. And it was a point to where we were like, do we close? Do we, you know, we actually put it up for sale, to be honest. We, mm-hmm. we had mm-hmm. just reached it to where we're like, it's dying. We're not getting any new business. People aren't eating out. Everybody is, is, is in a dump. And by us being in central Bakersfield, you know, centrally located, mm-hmm. it was hard to even get shipment. My husband literally a couple of times had to drive to San Diego, get frozen products, drive it back to Bakersfield so that we could be ready to sell. Um, because people were like, what's a wing stop? Um, different delivery companies didn't want to go off their, you know, their trash or yeah. their trash yeah. to bring it into mm-hmm. Bakersfield. So it was horrible. And we kind of felt like we're out here doing this all by ourselves. We're new to, to restaurant business, both of us. You know, neither mm-hmm. one of us had background in that. And then the economy crashes. And we're like, what, what is it all for? You know, I'm, I'm driving here a couple days a week. I'm just ready to, let's put it up for sale. Well, the economy is bad, so people aren't really buying anything either. They're not mm-hmm. buying houses and they're not buying restaurants. So what right. do we do? You know, and, and mm-hmm. that's what we said. As long as it can sustain itself, we won't take a salary. Many people don't know. We didn't take any money from the store for the first seven years. Wow, that's a long time, uh, Dee Dee. Uh, and I think for some people out there, that's maybe good for them to hear because, you know, uh, oftentimes uh, entrepreneurs, when they start business uh, businesses, uh, you know, want to take a salary or they're not willing to wait. It is hard work. Uh, I do know. And, you know, I watch the show Shark Tank a lot. <laughs> I'm sure maybe you guys right. as well. <laughs> and, uh, you know, from that I learned and I'm hearing a lot of stories of how much did you invest in the company, number one, and then are you taking a salary? Um, and so we found with people who invested in, but they were taking a salary, I noticed, you know, that there was a little bit of drawback on that. So it is hard work. But what I, I want to know, you know, what kept you going? Because did you ever start to feel like maybe um, we weren't directed by the creator to do this? We weren't, you know, and, and how, because how do you hang on to your faith when everything in, that you see as the circumstances are telling you, and I'm sure the self-talk was, we're not making it, you know, we're going down. And how did you handle that? It, it was a challenge. You know, one, one mm-hmm. thing, um, my husband constantly let me know, I have to think more, I, I have to be, think like an optimistic. I was very pessimistic. He reminded me of that. I was like, my faith is fleeting. Let me go back to my stable good county job where I'm going to get a check on the 15th and the 30th. And we mm-hmm. have insurance to cover it. Why are we, there's no need for us to struggle. That's why I went to college. That's why I finished the degree. I can go back to work if I need mm-hmm. to. And to be honest, I did that. I went. I, I left from Los Angeles County for a little while, 
and then I went back. I reinstated because it mm-hmm. would have gotten that bad. But the whole time I was there, we kept working. I left many a days from L.A. County office on a Friday, put my two small children in the car, Clint would close up his office, and we would drive to Bakersfield, work all weekend in our restaurants ourselves, get the kid, my, my grandmother, my mom, my aunt, at the time when she was living, would get the babies together on Sunday night, get them their baths, put them in their pajamas, we would put them back in the car and drive back to Long Beach for me to get up Monday morning and be back to work for L.A. County. So wow. I did that. So I know the sacrifice that it takes for success. you got to be willing to give up something. And I wasn't willing to just watch everything that we worked so hard for just go away. If it meant shaking those suits off in the closet and getting the dust off of them and putting those heels on and going back to the office to work, I was willing to do that. If it meant on Fridays and the weekends, instead of being at the beach, we're working in a hot kitchen in Bakersfield, I was willing to do that. We were both willing to do it because we were fully committed to what we had decided to do along with faith, along with prayer, along Mm -hmm. with fasting, along with being supportive of each other. When my faith was fleeting and I was like, what is it all worth? I had Clint to lean on to say, we got this. Look, God isn't going to put more on us than we can bear. If he's given us this opportunity, we just got to figure out how to navigate through it to keep it successful or at least to to sustain until Mm -hmm. the next phase of the journey. What, I, what I'm hearing, it too, and I hope the listeners are hearing, too, you know, is that one of the things is that you kept on going, you kept on pushing, uh, you kept on doing, rather than uh, letting what we call F-E-A-R, the fear, or false evidence appearing real, of failure. Because some people believe the enemy of success is fear of failure. And what happens is yeah. you start to feel that. And then, of course, what happens? Uh, and how many people have just given up? But how many successful people do we know, like yourself, you and Clint, who kept on going? But how, one of the things that, how did you handle um, the self-talk? Because, you know, you get that, that monkey chatter, people call it, some people call it, in your head. And, and was it that Clint, would, uh, would you speak it out loud or would you just not share it? What was going on in your, in your head? I think it was a little bit of both. You know, mm-hmm. those times that we had to drive, you know, take that two-hour drive, we became mm-hmm. closer because now we're stuck in the car, and a lot of times the two-hour drive was a little bit longer considering, you know, L.A. traffic. Right. <laughs> we had to try to talk each other through it, you know. Mm-hmm. I would say, that I'm, I'm tired. I don't feel like doing this anymore. Mm-hmm. Babe, are you trying to sell it? Did you put it on the market? Who have you talked to? I was constantly, you know, on him about, let's just get rid of it. Let's just, right. I'm okay with right. going back to the county. There's no shame. It didn't work. A lot of companies fail. We just have to move on. But mm-hmm. he still had that calm voice saying, it, it'll happen. If it's forced, mm-hmm. it'll happen. We're not going to just give it away. We're not going to yeah. just walk away from it. Right. The, the numbers have to still add up because he is a right. true numbers man. So he's like, the numbers have to make sense. We're not just turning the key over to anybody just yeah. to get from under it. No, it has to be a better way. We have to be smart in every decision that we make. You know, How did you handle yeah. it? How did you and Clint handle this with your friends or even your church people, church folks who thought you were successful, you guys were doing well? Were you, did you let them know that things weren't going well? Or was, you know, because the economy was down, so many people weren't doing that well, you know, particularly. 
but did you handle it by sharing with other people that, you know, how did you let them know? I mean, my, my circle uh, of support is very strong. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of my <laughs> girlfriends all knew. We, we travel together. We spend weekends together. So the conversation mm-hmm. is going to be had. Some mm-hmm. of the in-depth details they didn't know, but there is no secret, you know, I, mm-hmm. because I, we wanted that, that community of prayer and support on what okay. we should do next, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And it, there, there's no embarrassment in that circle. We're, that's my safety, you know, circle. So mm-hmm. I know that I can go there and be like, look, you know, I don't know how mm-hmm. much longer this is going to be. Because folks just see the register ringing and they think everything that you bring in on that register goes in your pocket. No, right. it doesn't. We have right. bills, we have lights, we have payroll. Then we get the crumbs that's left over. Right. Um, right. So with that, you know, some things we did keep because you can't share everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but course. a lot of it as far as, look, yeah, it's kind of struggling. You know, mm-hmm. I know y'all see the people in the parking lot, but we it's kind of tough right now. Um, mm-hmm. So well, we, I think we never really had a problem sharing that. That's um, great. Uh, you know, and, and what I know um, from personal experience as well is the worst thing we can do is think we need to handle it alone. And so right. uh, for those of you listening out there, you know, sometimes our failures can, can let us get stuck in some of those old ways. But we need support and and sharing some of the things that you feel led to share. But but you really do need support when you're going through some down, what I call some down times, and not think that we are handling it alone. Well, tell me, Didi, what are the what suggestions or steps did you learn that you share when you're speaking, and maybe for people who have dealt with or are now handling uh, a failure or handling failures? What would you give them as uh, uh, some some of the steps you learned? Well, one is a support having a support group. <laughs> yes. yes, very important. And and understanding that, that your business, when you say I have a business or I'm a business owner or all these hashtags, boss woman or boss man, or you have to own it. You have to be the first one there and the last one to leave. You can't mm-hmm. just get a business mm-hmm. and think now that I have it, let me give the key to someone else and let them run it and I just sit back and watch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You have to actively be a part of your business because, it, again, it is your business. There yes. is no such thing as, I guess some people are able to do that. That wasn't our story. Mm-hmm. I will tell anybody right now, anybody that I employ, general manager, it doesn't matter. You will never mm-hmm. know my business better than I know it because it's mine and it's mm-hmm. my duty. Because if everyone decided to walk out, just give me a couple hours to get to town if I'm not there, and I'll get the doors open. By <laughs> because I know how to do every position there. I'll clean the toilet. <laughs> I'll wash a dish. I'll fry mm-hmm. chicken, and I'll help a customer in the front. I know how to do all those. We, we've also taught our children how to do that. You know, many of my friends know how to do that, so, mm-hmm. and their children know how to do <laughs> that, that. So it's a that, support. That. Like you said, it's having that support. Yeah. You know, yeah. several of my girlfriends, their children have worked for us and know what to do. So I know I can call them and say, okay, I need you to go check on Auntie's business. So we've built a community of support that, mm-hmm. but at the same time, we truly believe in working the business. I'm working the business tonight, and I will be in uniform. When people see me in the <laughs> okay, restaurant, okay, Miss Dee Dee. 
<laughs> I think we got that message, you know, that, that you need to be the owner. You need to own your business and you need to work in your business. And, oh, my goodness. And then you've got to wait until you sort of take salaries. Um, you know, the, the thing that you, you answered a question that I was going to ask, and that was, you know, tapping into how do you tap into a better relationship between your husband and children. And so you talked about bringing your children in the, into the business. How was that? I mean, how did that help your relationship? Were they, you know, resistant or were they excited or how did you handle getting them involved? They, they were excited. You know, we, we have a running joke, and it was even a Facebook post, like, 07 or 08. And um, we mentioned that my son, when he first started working there, he said, I feel like SpongeBob, you know, working for, <laughs> you know, when he got to wash the dishes. He was excited to put that uniform on, you know, and SpongeBob was, like, his favorite show. So he was like, Mom, I feel like SpongeBob working at, you know, Krusty Krab. He was so excited. You know, my daughter, since being a little girl, a cash register was on her Christmas list every year. And every year I had to buy her a new cash register. So she couldn't wait to be able to go and work and take orders. You know, so I think that's wonderful. we bought into it, yes, as this is our family business. So they bought into it right along with us, you know, you know and that's great. That is so great, Didi, because actually when we look at this, this is a part of how America was built, uh, this whole country, on the notion of family businesses. And in many communities there that still exist where it is a family business, and it's great uh, to see how you and Clint have espoused that principle of having a family business and having that support uh, in the community and actually being an example for, I'm sure, people who were around you who watched your family grow. So we're going to take a, a quick break, and we're going to come back, and we're going to share some more of the steps that took you to move into own not one wing stop, but four of them. So listeners, stay tuned, because we're going to be right back with Transformation for Success Show with my guest today, Miss Dee Dee. Miss Dee Dee, I like that. <laughs> Thank you for listening. <laughs> we'll be right back. We're on Facebook, along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. How are you doing in your life? Do you control your life, or does it control you? In our hectic, overconnected world, do you spend too much time feeling tired and wired? Tune in to Master Your Life with hosts Leah Mattinson and Dr. Howard Rankin for inspiration, insight, and intelligence on how to gain control of yourself and your life. Along with some inspirational and knowledgeable guests, Leah and Howard will give you the tools needed to help you on your journey. Tune in every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. This is Transformation for Success. To reach Dr. Barbara Young or today's guest, please call into the program at 1 888 346 9141. That's 1 888 346 9141. 
You may also send an email to info at transformationforsuccess.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to my guest today, Ms. Dee Dee Lewis, and who is an entrepreneur, motivational speaker, coach, and mentor. So I am so excited, Dee Dee, to have you back for the next portion of the show. And I want to just share a little shout-out to husband Clint. We want to thank you, husband, uh, <laughs> for being a great partner. And the, yeah. the thing that I wanted to share also with our listeners that you guys have four Wingstop franchises and a fat burger. So I want to share some of the steps. How do you guys, you move from one, the downturn economy takes its toll, and next thing I know, you guys are moving on up, like the Jeffersons, remember, move on up. Right. So, <laughs> so you have moved on up to own four successful businesses and a fat burger. So how did that happen? Was this a big step, a leap of faith? What happened? <laughs> True. We'd, um, after the first, like I mentioned earlier, that we didn't take a salary for the, the first seven years, but we, right. we always wanted to expand. Mm-hmm. Um, and Bakersfield is kind of like a north, south, east, and west is kind of how the city is literally set up. So mm-hmm. our first store was on the west side. So the east side had been begging us for years to bring something to that side of town. Because unlike Los Angeles area, where there's nothing for us to drive 30 minutes to, to something that we like, right? That's just, mm-hmm. we're like, oh, it's only 30 minutes away. Let's hit it. Bakersfield is not like that. Literally something that may take you 10 or 15 minutes to get to, they're like, oh, that's too far. I'm not going way over there. Mm-hmm. So... They just, the east side didn't necessarily were not our regular customers because they felt like it was too far. So we knew mm-hmm. going in that we wanted to open a store on the, on the east side of town. But again, making that happen with the economy crashing and things like that, it, the timing was just not, we just couldn't do it. Um, but we kept, kept working it, kept working it, kept grinding, kept getting ourselves out there in the community. We've always been strong community supporters. Um, mm-hmm. letting them know we we partnered up and been sponsors with Cal State Bakersfield and different um, Cal State University of Bakersfield, um, as well as other sports teams, you know, children's sports teams and things like that, mm-hmm. high schools, and just really showing ourselves in the community. Things started to turn around. And I'm telling you, Dr. Young, we sat into many conventions for Wingstop, and we kept sitting there looking and watching all these people get these accolades, and we're sitting there like, what are we doing wrong? When is our time going to come? You know, we felt like we were just working it so hard. Right. Nothing was turning around for us. And, and it hit. It hit. And we took off and never looked back. And by the time we got to that next convention, we were number one in the, the same store um, increase of sales. Um, we had crossed that $1 million in sales thresholds. And we've never looked back. But each That's time wonderful. We're going to take take the profit from here to build the next one. So we can't doing it without going into debt. That, I just think that, I, I think that's marvelous listening to this story. I hope you guys end up writing a book about this, uh, writing something, um, getting your story out there because I think it's so important. Some of the lessons you've learned, uh, in spite of failures and, and how you bounce back, I think that is so important to become in that top $1 million plus, uh, sales and getting the recognition for that. I have a quick question about uh, a franchise. When you take over a franchise, you have to adhere to the, to the principles and the tenets of that particular franchise. It isn't that you can create 
different ways. Do I understand that correctly? That's correct. That's correct. Everyone, every wing stop may have its own independent owner, but we all should look exactly the same. We should taste the same. Mm -hmm. Um, We should smell the same because Mm -hmm. the franchise you do have to adhere to the franchise agreement, which Mm -hmm. is to follow whatever they put into place of how they want the business ran. Um, which is great for someone that, again, is not a chef or not, um, doesn't have their own right. establishment. You know, right. that's, I mean, I tell everybody, you're, you're going to pay for something anyway. So instead of <laughs> us having to pay someone to come and create our logo, we just pay that franchise fee that handles the logo. Right, that right. Um, so it makes it a little bit. The package. It, it makes it a little bit simpler, I guess, uh, in, it's simplistic in terms of all the things that if you're starting a new business from scratch yourself, having to design your logo and all of that, it is simplistic yes, yes. Um, to, to maybe uh, develop a franchise. And I think it's something that uh, many uh, entrepreneurs or people who are thinking about being an entrepreneur don't necessarily think of, and that is getting involved in a franchise. Um, what have you seen uh, in terms of, now I know that you're active in the community, and one of the things I think is great, you know, it's about we make money, entrepreneurs, but the fact that, that you're giving back, what inspired you to become a co-founder of what is called P-U-R-E, Pure? And I understand it's a mentoring program for girls that are uh, 12 to 17. So what inspired you to get involved with this mentoring program? You know, ever since I was a little girl, my village was strong. I've watched um, other women from organizations Mm -hmm. um, take an interest in the the growth and the development of young girls. I've always Mm -hmm. been surrounded with that. With my church, Mm -hmm. um, where I grew up in Bakersfield Holy Temple, they were very active with the young ladies, making sure that we knew about proper grooming and taking care of ourselves. Then I had organizations outside of church. Um, Sigma Grandma Rowe had a group called the Roars. We were adopted by the by the sorority as their um, little mm-hmm. mentees, so to say. But they exposed us to travel and etiquette. And then I went from there to high school. Like I said, in my high school council, which is now my um, sorority sister for um, Alpha okay. Alpha um, sorority, she has such an influence on us on how to carry ourselves as young ladies. So. That's just part of what it was for me, and I had to be open to share that. And then being a mother of a young girl myself, I saw her girlfriends, and I saw her little friends that she was growing up with and how they would come to my house after school because, you know, their moms were working. Being a positive influence was so important. I know it's what helped shape me, and I just thought that's the least I can do is give that back to someone else. Okay. Um, my grandmother Didi? was huge. Can I stop you for a moment? We have a caller. Um, hello, our caller is on the line and has a question. Hello, who do we have on Hi. the line? Hi. Hello. Althea. Hi, how are you? Didi, I'm really impressed. This is a wonderful interview. It's fantastic. I just had a question, a two-part question. Number yes. one is, yes. did the added business, activity of the business, did that put pressure on your marriage? And if it did, what tactics did you, what techniques did you use? to help get to get you guys through that. Okay. Um, yes, it, it, you know, you, you have to learn how to like each other when you got to work with each other. You know, it, it was different when I was able to get up and go to the county and he was able to get up and go to his office and then we would just see each other at home. 
it's one thing when you're getting in the car and you're riding for a few hours and then you're working and he's totally numbers. I'm totally a people person. But to be honest, it to me, it drew us closer together, going through those struggles together, him helping me understand numbers and how important it is that we know finance. And I know finance because I had become so reliant upon him, knowing everything about the numbers and the business, that I'm like, okay, just tell me when I go into work. You know what I'm saying? Just tell me what order I need to take. But teaching me through the time that we spent together about finance was huge. Um, but it, it had a strain. But one thing Clint and I did, even when we didn't have wing stops, when we first got married, we made a commitment that every four months, three to four months, we took a trip away. Just mm-hmm. a breakaway. We did That's- it when we were on a Holiday Inn select budget, where we got free breakfast, and we done it on a Ritz-Carlton budget. You see what I'm saying? Because it wasn't so much about the money. It was about the time mm-hmm. spent together. And that's, that's where right. we could break away from everything, including the children, and just bond together to see what our next move was. So it, it had its struggle, but I think it drew us closer together. Awesome. Okay, Ms. Thank you. Thank you. So Thank much. you for calling Bye-bye. in. All mm-hmm. right. Bye-bye. Thank you, Dee Dee. That was a great, great answer, <laughs> uh, which led me to, you know, to talk about what did, how did you find the balance uh, that you needed in your life with the kids? How did you integrate work, you know, Clint, and the kids? It, it has its challenges. You know, my, mm-hmm. my daughter is an athlete. She's actually on a full scholarship for basketball at San Jose State. So that took mm-hmm. us away a lot. You know, mm-hmm. I wanted to always let them know that even if mom and dad are working, we still have time for you. Um Mm-hmm. In addition to us taking our time away, we made sure that we took a family trip. Sometimes there were summers it was a, a road trip. Other times it was a Disney cruise. We never let money dictate how we decided to spend time with each other. We That's just found right. what we could do within our budget, and we made it happen. You know, can't um, be free. Those were great for us when they were small. <laughs> you know, you, it, it's, That's it's great. the time that you spend, you know. And we've always included them in, in a lot of the decisions that we made. Even when we bought the house after we liked it, we brought the kids. We want you to see our new home. So we've always included them. And that's wonderful. Reason, you know, and, and that's decisions wonderful. that we made. So they've always been a part of it. Well, as we close the show today, Dee Dee, I really enjoyed having this conversation with you and really learning more about you and how you transformed failures into successes. So I just want to have you share one message that you wish to leave with the listeners today to transform their failures into successes. Work your business, whatever it is. Don't don't take the blessing that's been given to you that's called your business and think that someone else is going to come in and do it just like you want it to be done. It's easier to work it yourself and then teach others how you want things done than to let someone else take it over, and then now you want to give your input. You're kind of after the fact. Every entrepreneur should work their business. You know, I know a lot of us Mm -hmm. watch Oprah, and we follow Oprah, and we listen to Oprah. Almost every time I've looked at her, she is working. I'm sorry. (laughs) In most capacities, we see her working. We see her relaxing. We see her vacationing but we see them mm-hmm. working. And to me, that's the, 
that should be the goal of an entrepreneur. Yes, you're working for yourself. And a lot of people think if I have my own business, that means I don't have to work anymore. No, you're going to do more hours working for yourself than you probably ever will working for someone else. However, the reward is so much greater. I also want you just to give a little quick message to millennials out there. I don't know if your children are millennials, but we have uh, a growing number of millennials out there who want to be successful, maybe thinking about being an entrepreneur. What would you say to my millennial listeners who may be tuning in today? Research whatever business that you're looking into doing. Because I mm-hmm. hire the millennials, <laughs> and my children are right there at the borderline. Uh-huh. Research what you want to do. Make sure that it's partnered with your passion for it. Mm-hmm. If you have no passion to do something and it's just a new craze, you know, my son, my son is constantly telling me about all these uh, famous people that are just sitting at home and playing video games, and they mm-hmm. have millions of watt viewers that are helping them make all this money. However, that's not something that everybody can do. So you got to figure out what it is that you can do personally. Mm-hmm. Then mm-hmm. mix your passion with your commitment to the to the business, and then work it. I think that generation is amazing. They have some of the best ideas, but they're kind of all over the place, and they want it really quick and really fast and right now. And I tell them slow down and first figure out and do some research. Don't tell me you want to go. My son is at Morehouse College as a sophomore. Don't tell me you want to go to Morehouse, you want to go to Harvard, and you don't even know what it requires for you to get into yes. school. Well, do I want research. I want to thank you for that uh, last-minute word to our millennials, and I just want to give a big shout-out to all the millennials and to let you know yes. there's going to be a Millennial Mastermind coming up on April 21st at USC at the University Religious Center. Dr. Young is your facilitator. So as we wrap up the show today, I want to thank you, Dee Dee, for sharing from your heart because I know the listeners have gleaned some very critical information today on how failure is the only way to grow yourself and grow your business or any enterprise because ultimately it is how we learn to succeed. So to learn more about Dee Dee or have her as a speaker, contact her at Dee Dee Lewis. 0111 at gmail.com. Again, that's Dee Dee Lewis, 0111 at gmail.com because she's definitely an example of women, teens, and professionals seeking to better themselves with family, faith, and finances. Dee Dee, again, thank you for being on the show today to make a difference in the lives of so many people today. Best as you always, and to my listeners, I look forward to hearing from you. You can write me or call me. Info at transformationforsuccess.com. Okay, until next week, remember, failure will never overtake you if your determination to succeed is strong enough. This is Dr. Young signing off until next week. Thank you for listening. We appreciate you joining us for Transformation for Success. Please join your host, Dr. Barbara Young, again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Or join us for our replay every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. Have an outstanding week. 